Demetrius Williford. I am the chairman of the Meet the Blind Committee of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. We truly appreciate you all for joining us this morning. We know that you could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be with us. And for that, we say thank you. This, this conference will consist of 11 panelists that will represent the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. Each panelist will give a little information about themselves and how they serve in the National Federation of the Blind in South Carolina. I hope that everyone has their pencil and paper handy or some form of device that takes notes. Um, this information will be very valuable uh, for yourself or someone else. So getting into it, um, we will start with our invocation by Mr. J.W. Smith before he unmutes. I would like to give a little information about Mr. J.W. Smith. Mr. J.W. is the president of the Greenville chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. He served on the state board as the district four rep of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. He's a pillar of our organization, as well as a mentor to myself. And now introducing to you all, Mr. J.W. Smith. Mr. J.W. Thank you, good morning. <clears throat> Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come at this time to say thank you again, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings you have stored upon us, O Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray much that you be with us today and guide us and have us to do the things pleasing in your sight. Lord, we thank you and appreciate this program, what we're about to pray for today. We pray for all the participants. And Lord, we ask you to bless them in a special way. And Lord, we pray that you would open the hearts of those who don't know about the Federation of the Blind or the Visually Impaired. But Lord, we want to be known and be treated as a part of the world. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mr. J.W. <clears throat> now, introducing to you all our mistress of ceremony. Ms. Deborah Canty. Before Ms. Canty um, unmute, I would like to give a little information about her. Ms. Deborah Canty is the president of the Sumter chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. She served on the state board of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina as the second vice president. She is a pillar of our organization as well as a mentor to myself. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you all our mistress of ceremony, Ms. Deborah Canty. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome again to our Meet the Blind event. Thank you all for being here. And our first panelist is our state president of the National Federation of the Blind, who also serves as director of Successful Transitions. So at this time, I would like to present to you Mrs. Jennifer Bazer. Good morning. Good morning. Now I'm now hearing I'm myself, myself again. again. Steve, Steve, 
it was almost like, okay, there we go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, uh, Demetrius and the Meet the Blind Committee. I am so excited to be here on a Saturday. And like Demetrius said, you could be anywhere else um, because it is only supposed to be 73 here in Columbia today. And I want to, uh, to say that I will be going to watch my son play in a baseball tournament in Elgin about five games this weekend. So um, please excuse me when I leave just a little early. Um, I know all of you understand that family is very, very important to a lot of you. And it's very important for my eight and 11 year old children um, to be a part of their lives <clears throat> actively. Um, I'm Jennifer Baser. I'm our um, NFB of SC state president um, since August of last year. And boy, that has been an exciting journey for all of us for the past nine months. I tell you, uh, um, the NFB of SC and its members and its leaders have taught me so much about being a leader and growing as a leader. And I'm so thankful to all of you for your help in that, your support and your encouragement. Um, I, I, am, I can't uh, be more blessed and proud to be in an affiliate where we're excited to grow and build the Federation, where we're excited to um, develop new ideas and be innovative and excited that, hey, if something doesn't work, let's try again. Let's try again, because some of the most famous folks, Thomas Edison, Babe Ruth, and all those folks have failed so many times, and that's okay in my world, in our world, in the NFB of FC, that it's okay if we fail. We cannot be successful unless we fail, so thank you. And thank you to all of you for being on that journey together. Um, our word of the year that our, all of our members voted on was unity. And we're working extremely hard uh, to, to um, have that in our, um, the forefront of our minds as we build this, this wonderful organization. Personally, I'm a mom. I'm a single mom of two children, eight and 11. And as a member, it's one of the most important uh, titles in the National Federation of the Blind. Another awesome title for me is mom. And that's one of the most important, um, most fulfilling, exciting um, roles that I have at this time. And being a single mom, some of you may know, is not easy. It's not easy being a single mom of an eight, almost an eight-year-old, an 11-year-old, um, and being a president of this awesome organization and being the director of successful transitions. And I don't say all that um, to say that I am have more on my plate than anyone else. I say that so that I want all of you to get to know me as a person, just like I want to get to know you all personally. Um, that's important to me. And um, so being a mom is 
one of the most exciting roles I've ever had. So a vision for the NFB of SC is to, to have that as a household name. So our goal in the NFB of SC with the Meet the Blind Committee is op optometrists and ophthalmologists and others is when people are experiencing um, vision loss that the NFB of SC would be that organization. So in closing, please feel free to reach out to me at any time. Uh, the, my information is on the www.nfbofsc.org website. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for joining me and leading this awesome organization. Thank you so much, President Jennifer Baser. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next panelist will be Belinda Banks, Director of the Blind Merchants Division. Good morning. Can you all hear me well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Belinda Banks, and um, I'm calling from the mountain, so um, hopefully we will have good perception here. Um, but I am the president of the Spartanburg chapter, and I'm also the president of Blind Merchers, and I'm a mother of three and a wife. And what Blind Merchants is, we are a division that's not only statewide, but nationally. Um, and we are blind entrepreneurs. And some of the things that we do in our organization that also connects with the NFB of um, SC and all over is we help blind and visually impaired people be business owners, business owners, and some of the things that we have accomplished over the years is we have blind licensed vendors. We also have people that's in real estate. We also have people that does crafts, have their own clothing line. Those are just some of the things that um, we do, and there's many, many more things that we do also in if anyone wants to reach out to me, I am in the Spomber area, and I'm always available. And also, you could get my information on the website, and I will close with that. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Ms. Belinda Banks, for sharing. We appreciate Thank you. all the information. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. At this time, we'll hear from Mr. Ed Bible, who serves as president of the Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
My name, I, I, like everyone else in the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina, I wear several hats, but I got a couple of them I want to let you know today and about myself. I lost my sight at age 11 while attending the sixth grade. I was uh, very blessed with uh, meeting a lady while I was in high school, who ended up being my reader for my history class. And now we've been married for 48 years. I have two children, two grandchildren, and I've had a very fulfilling life as a retired state employee from the Commission for the Blind. And before that, I had a career as a headhunter for Snelling and Snelling recruiting. Um, the Federation of the Blind Center is the headquarters of the National Federation of Blind of South Carolina. We have a 6,000 square foot facility that uh, has modern technology in it. And we got set up with classes so we can have classes to teach people how to use computers that talk or enlarge the software or their phones using the voiceover. So we have training classes going on all the time. We support the blind in every way we can. One of the things that we wanna make sure the councils are aware of is we can offer you braille uh, access to anything. For example, if you want your business cards in braille, uh, we can do those. And uh, you just send us a, you know, a box of 250 if you want us to do the whole box or whatever, how many you want us to do and we'll braille up your business cards on them in case you need those. Also, there's a lot of public things, notices that are put out on public notices area. And we are able to uh, put the notice in Braille on plastic. And so when you have a public facility or whatever, you can put this Braille right over the, the regular notice. And then that way, sighted people can see it, blind people can put their hand up there and read it. So anything you need in Braille, documentation, letters, official notate notifications, or just to know about Braille, what your options are in Braille. We're the facility to call. To call. Like I said, we're the headquarters, and I happen to be the, uh, blessed to be the chairman of the board there. Um, so this, there's many other things that uh, to, about the center, but fortunately later on, we're gonna have our executive director of the Federation Center itself speak. I also wanna mention the fact that I happen to be the president of our one of our newest chapters, the at-large chapter, and councilmen, what that mainly uh, covers is we have a, a lot of chapters throughout the state and most uh, towns, but there still are isolated blind people that live in the country or people who cannot attend meetings because of health reasons or just simply transportation reasons. And so we reach out to the isolated folks and uh, we have regular monthly meetings. We have programs. We have uh, social time with each other and we support each other through times of things. So if you know anyone who's going through the loss of sight or someone who already is blind and thinks their life is over or just wants to communicate with somebody else who knows how they feel. They can always call me at Ed Bible at Ed Large Chapter. And of course, you can get that number from our headquarters, which I'm sure uh, Demetrius will make sure everybody has. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. I'll wait for any other questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Ed Bible, for information. We thank you for serving as president of the at-large chapter, chairman of the board of trustees for the Federation Center, as well as a state board member. Thank you so much. Next thank we have you. Steve Cook. Steve Cook serves as president of the Columbia chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. Also first vice president of the computer science and technology division. He serves on the state board, along with many other hats. So at this time, we would like to welcome Steve Cook. 
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and a happy Saturday to everyone on a nice, cool April day. It feels wonderful outside here in Columbia. Thank you, Deborah, for that introduction, ma'am. Again, my name is Steve Cook, and one of the hats I wear is uh, I am second vice president of the Computer Science and Technology Division. And what we do as a division, we promote technology throughout our state, not just assistive technology, but technology that uh, is in the mainstream. I'm sure a majority of us here on this call have an Echo or a Google uh, smart speaker or another type speaker that you could just speak to. That's a mainstream product. And Apple iPhone, Android, a blind person that uses a screen reader, which is uh, a screen reader is a software package that reads the text on the screen. But I could take any iPhone and turn on voiceover and use it just like a sighted person can. There's software for a desktop computer, which I'm working on this morning using Zoom. It's called JAWS. Not the movie, but a screen reader. It stands for Job Access with Speech. And there's also a magnification program called ZoomText. And we promote all of this technology and much, much more. And normally, the second Saturday of every month from 10 to 12 on this same Zoom platform, we have a technology training class where people can come and we go around the room and ask them what their question is and assist them with that. And throughout the month, if anyone has a question, they know they can call anyone in the computer science and technology division. And do you have to be a tech geek to be in the division? No, because we want your input as well. We want to teach you about technology in general. We want you to become a part of the computer science and technology division of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. Everyone has something to contribute. So we would like you to join us with uh, the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. And you can find more information about chapters and divisions throughout our state at www.nfbofsc.org. And we have just launched a podcast and the name of that podcast is National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. And it is currently on five platforms and Spotify being the main one at this time, but more to come as it is approved. And we are uh, in the National Federation of the Blind. We like to promote people for independence. We want to prove to everyone that a blind person can make a difference in life. It doesn't matter if you're a customer service for a call center. It doesn't matter if you're the president of a uh, division or a public job or a commissioner. We want you to, we want the sighted community to know that a blind person can make a difference. And with the right training and the right attitude, all a blind person needs is an opportunity. So uh, 
If you own a business, give a blind person or any person with a disability an opportunity, and I'm sure you won't regret it. And again, thank you for your time on this Saturday morning. And we would appreciate you to come and join the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. You are more than welcome. Thank you and have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much, Mr. Steve Cook. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being an integral part of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. Next we have Ms. Shelley Koppel. She serves as president of the senior division. So at this time, we would like to welcome Shelley Koppel. Hi, this is Shelley Koppel. And I um, welcome you also on this Saturday morning. It's an honor to, to meet everyone. Um, I am currently serving as president of our senior division in the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. And I also serve on the national board for the senior division. <clears throat> I am totally blind. My husband is also totally blind. I'm a mother and I'm a grandmother of six young grandchildren, which keep us very busy. Um, my passion in life has been to teach individuals who are losing vision and work with them to be able to live a comfortable life in their homes. And our goal in the senior division is to promote independence. When you've lived most of your life as a sighted individual and find yourself having macular degeneration or glaucoma or retinitis pigmentosa or diabetic retinopathy, which is a very common one, it, it, it's very unearthing to all of a sudden find yourself not being able to see like you used to. You can't read the newspaper like you've always done. You can't get around in your car. Your independence feels like it just goes out the window and it's very disarming. It can be very depressing. And so in the National Federation of the Blind, we have our groups that meet sometimes monthly, sometimes bi-monthly. And our goal is to be a mentor and a teacher to those individuals. We can be a role model for seniors that other people cannot be. We've lived a life that they are seeking and this life includes using alternative ways of handling yourself in your home. Maybe you need to adapt your stove or your microwave or your washing machine by putting little sticky dots on it. Maybe you need to learn a little braille so you can write down a phone number. Maybe you like to cook, you could write down a recipe and preserve some of the things that you've enjoyed all your life. There's the talking book library. You could get books to read that also includes magazines. We also have programs um, over the phone called Newsline where you can read any newspaper in the world that's a major newspaper. Uh, there are South Carolina newspapers. There are ads for 
businesses and stores uh, on Newsline. It's totally free and it's a wonderful service because the National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness is not what defines us. We are just regular people. As you're hearing from all of these speakers today, we're regular people that live regular lives. My husband and I take public um, ride sharing transportation to get around and do the things we need to do. If we had bus transportation where we live, we would take that. We did for years and uh, the service got uh, diminished out here in West Columbia. So we don't have that opportunity, but that does not stop us. We still go to doctor's appointments and get there independently. Occasionally we have a lady who comes and reads for us our print mail. We've uh, been blessed to find someone who is willing to befriend us on that level. And um, we just appreciate that so much. We enjoy our grandchildren. Um, on the national level, the senior division offers conference calls that happen once a month in the spring. Those are on various topics that will help individuals learn that life is just um, around the corner as far as you're living the life that you want. And the goal for the seniors are to keep them at home. Seniors wanna be in their home surrounding and live independently, not dependent on family more than they need to be. We love our families, but honestly, sometimes they don't quite get exactly what we need. So we encourage all of you to keep in track, keep track of the National Federation of Blind of South Carolina. My home phone number is, if I can be of any help for a senior that you know, 803-796-8662. And again, you can find me on the website for the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. I appreciate this time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Shelley Koppel. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being an integral part. At this time, we will hear from Mrs. Jennifer DeFell Hoffman and she serves as parent of blind children. Good morning. I am Jennifer Duffell Hoffman, and I represent South Carolina parents of blind children. My family lives in Lancaster, and my husband and I are the sighted parents of two blind young adult sons and one sighted teenage son. The South Carolina Parents of Blind Children is a division of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina and a state chapter of the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children. With permission, I am quoting and summarizing from the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children. As a division of the National Federation of the Blind, the parents and families of blind and low vision children are well informed about the technological, legislative, and societal issues that affect blind people. We also enjoy the resources, support, and expertise of 50,000 blind people who can serve as mentors and role models for our children. Further quoting and summarizing from the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children, many people make a sharp distinction between whether a person is visually impaired or blind, 
we take a different approach. We believe that the exact level of a child's eyesight should not restrict their choice of tools and techniques. We gauge success just as for sighted children by the ability to perform the task at hand effectively, independently, and with confidence. Whatever terms may be used to describe a child's vision loss, the important thing is to ensure access to the entire range of skills and tools available. We believe these skills and tools of blindness are essential for the child's success both at home and at school. We further believe that blind people who are taught non-visual skills, regardless of degree of eyesight, are prepared for living a full and satisfying life. As a parent of blind children who completed their education in our local school district, the attitude toward blindness my family learned and the skills my sons learned through the National Federation of the Blind informed and changed our approach to what we expected of the school system and to raising our sons. It is with this understanding of blindness that as the representative of the South Carolina Parents of Blind Children, I host a private Facebook group where parents and families can find related information and make connections. The function I perform most often is making myself available for phone calls from parents and families of blind children. Most of the parents I speak with are sighted and they, like I did, know mostly about blindness from poorly portrayed blindness in television and books, along with the general low expectations that are most commonly assumed in society. When a parent calls me, I share my experiences and the experiences of my sons to provide the parent with a different understanding of blindness and how they can positively impact their child's skills and confidence and the expectations of the school system. I share with them the many resources available to blind children in South Carolina but most importantly, I invite them to join the National Federation of the Blind at the levels of local, state, and national, along with the National Organization of Parents of Blind Children. Thank you for taking the time to be with the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina and for listening to me today. If you know of a blind or low vision child, I am, I am available to speak with their family. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer Hoffman DeFell, for how you represent parents of blind children. Thank you so much for sharing information on today. Next, our next panelist will be David Hauk. He serves as Executive Director of the Federation Center of the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina, along with many other hats. So at this time, we will hear from David Hauk.
At this time, we'll come back to David Halk, and we'll hear from David Rubacco, who is the chairman of the Sports and Rec Division. Good morning, everybody. Again, my name is David Rubacco. I'm the president of the newly formed Sports and Rec Division, and I come from you all from a few different places. I'm originally from Rhode Island, where I was born and raised with my family who immigrated here from Portugal when they were children. I was the only blind person in my family. I was the only person who was blind that went through all ages of school in my town growing up. And during that time, I was finally got into myself into sports when I was a senior in high school. And the reason it took me that long was I was 18 when I was a senior. And I was able to sign myself to do anything. And that's what I did. My family was very protective of me. Um, back when I was born in the 70s, there wasn't a lot of easy access to information and knowledge. So they all did the best they could with what they knew. And being from the old country of Portugal, everybody was very protective. But it didn't stop me. And I used, I pushed, if I found a wall in front of me, I found ways to push through it and break them down. I got into running track as a senior in high school, and I decided that I wanted to be a long jumper as well as running the hurdles, which if no one knows what those are, hurdles are barriers at about waist to belly button high, and they're either really close together for short distance sprinting or far apart if you're doing a full lap around a track, and you have to jump over them continuously. My uh, high school track coach was my elementary school gym teacher, so he knew about my blindness. He knew how things were, and the first thing out of his mouth, he says, David, are you really sure you want to do this? And I said, without even flinching, absolutely, I can do this. And I found ways, and I was lucky enough to excel. First race we ever had, first meet. My, I was a senior in high school, and I did it. This is my first time ever doing it, and I did a, a wonderful job. I, it was a great experience, and the other person that's on the team that was doing it for three years in a row, the same event, his first time out when they popped the gun, he actually hit the first hurdle and fell down and couldn't complete the race. My time for the first time ever doing it, that I ran it, was his best time he ever ran in three years. My coach looked at me, he goes, you're now on varsity and the JV meets are extra, extra practice for you. I was like, well, okay. And that was the beginning of my life of finding any walls in front of me and breaking them down and striving to be as best as I could. When I graduated high school, he asked me what college I was going to. And he told me that I should look into getting into cross country. And at that point, I had no idea what that was. And when I got into college and met the coach and said, yep, my coach here told me to come talk to you about joining the cross-country team. And what that is, is you're in high, at the college level, it's five-mile races, and you're running through the woods, fields, hills, up, down, left, right, branches, rocks, boulders, whatever's there. you got to run around it, run through it, run over it. Now, as a hurdler, I was a sprinter, so running five miles was pretty intense, 
And I remember the first meet I ever had, I was absolutely, literally the last person to cross the finish line. But guess what? I crossed it. And that's all that mattered to me. I finished it. And that in itself was extremely rewarding and exciting. With one full year of training, I did the same course. They had the same layoff, that same course again the next year. And instead of just barely finishing in a time of 46 minutes, my second year there, I ran it and I was in the mid to upper pack and I finished it in 30 minutes. And it was so fulfilling and wonderful. I went away to college up in Vermont. It got me into wanting to study sports medicine to be an athletic trainer. When I went to Vermont, it got me into another area that I stayed in for a longer time. And that was working in emergency medical services and becoming the first uh, Rhode Island licensed EMT cardiac paramedic who was blind. I started in Vermont and then came back down home to Rhode Island. And I excelled in that field for almost 15 years as a paramedic and a firefighter, all while being blind, all while taking a lot of abuse and, and beatings from people mentally to try and kick me out of every different step of the way. But I never let them do it. You know, a lot of people, every class I took, every day of every class I took, they'd find ways to want to beat me down and get me out, but I didn't. Now I went to training about six years ago at Louisiana Center for the Blind to great, to gain great blindness education skills, which then I turned into being an instructor for the blind in Arizona. And I taught independent living skills there for five years, where I recently retired. And now I've moved out here to South Carolina. And since I've been here, everybody in the affiliate has welcomed me with such warm and open arms and open hearts. And I was talked about and asked about, you know, about this division. And I was very gung-ho and great about it and, and wanting to develop a wonderful and great sports and rec division because I understand how important it is to be fit, not just to be a strong athlete, but be fit to be able to handle your daily living tasks, you know, of doing your laundry or cleaning your house or cooking or going to get the mail or anything else, just basic life skills. You need to be able to be well fit and be able to handle your health. So that's a lot of what we talk about in the sports and rec division. We do daily life skills of being able to exercise well to panel your life, talking about diabetes and health and nutrition. And one of the other aspects about it is the recreation. So there's a lot of people that like to sew or knit or read, or like myself, who loves to garden. And boy, oh boy, if you ever heard anybody in this room that's hearing me talk, you know I love to garden. I have so many things growing. That's recreational. And all these different things, as people that are blind, we can do all these different things. We may need to learn some added skills or techniques to do them, but as we are blind, we can do anything we want to do. I have the strongest feeling and belief and philosophy that as long as you put your energy into it and you gain skills, you gain knowledge, you gain confidence, a person who's blind can do absolutely anything and everything they want to do. You just have to keep that drive and don't take no for an answer. And when somebody puts a wall in front of you, you find a way to destroy it, knock it down, break through it and strive to be the best person you can for yourself no matter what aspect of life it is. I've been blessed with a daughter. 
She's 17 years old, almost 18. Um, she is sighted and I've opened her up to all different aspects of blindness, taken her to summer camps that I was a part of when I was a kid. And then I worked for them for a long time that was run by the Lions Club back in Rhode Island. And I've also taken her to NFB conventions already. And she understands how great it is and respects her father and respects and understands blindness. And again, I am lucky and blessed to have it all with her. And I want to thank everybody for opening me up and letting me be the leader here with the Sports and Rec Division. And thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. David Rupako, President of the Sports and Recreation Division. And thank you again for reminding us, we as people who happen to be blind, we can do, but we do it differently. So again, we thank you. At this time, we would like to hear from our next panelist, Mr. Derek Simon. He serves as president of the student division, as well as on the state board of the NFB of South Carolina. So let us hear from Derek. Simon. Thank you, Ms. Canty. Uh, hello, as she stated before, I do serve as the 2020-2021 South Carolina Association of Blind Students President, as well as I serve as a um, board member of um, District 3 on the Affiliate State Board um, and the chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, I want to very briefly touch on all three committees, um, all, all three of those, uh, to keep within time. Um, so let's start with my child, my heart, uh, the South Carolina, South Carolina Association of Blind Students. Um, we are an organization of blind students in the state of South Carolina who strive to make a community and a almost safe haven for blind students when it comes to all their academic affairs. Um, we host all sorts of different activities such as trivia nights, um, and conference calls where we give valuable information on working with your disability services offices, um, getting access materials for school, and many other things. Um, I would like now to go to what I do with the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, in this day and age, uh, more than ever, diversity and inclusion is a topic that keeps on resurfacing the more that you go through life. Um, our biggest thing is that we would like to focus more on some of the things that um, happen in our daily lives, such as intersectionality, race, sexuality, and things of that nature, just as any other community should. Um, we focus heavily on bringing awareness not only to our own community as blind people, but as to the community as a whole. And um, that's the main majority of what I do and who I work with. Uh, thank you, Demetrius, for inviting me today and everyone have a nice, a nice day. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Derek Simon. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being a part of the NFB of SC. Our next panelist will be Tracy Spittle. Tracy serves as secretary of the Columbia chapter. She's also a blind educator, and she chairs the Braille Literacy Program Committee. 
But this time we'll hear from Tracy Spittle. Good morning to each and every one of you. Thank you, committee, for having me join you guys. It's awesome to be here. I'm actually up in the mountains at Rocky Bottom, which you'll hear about in a little bit. Um, it's kind of a brisk, chilly morning, actually, out there. Um, but as Ms. Canty said, you know, I am an educator. I have... This is my 24th year of teaching. I teach in the regular public schools in Columbia, South Carolina. I have two children, I'm married, and I get called often the polka dot, well, I call myself the polka dot queen. I get called the, braille, the queen of braille around um, NFB circles because that is my passion in life, teaching braille, teaching adults three braille children any way i can incorporate braille because the ability to read is so 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 essential to everybody whether you're reading a phone number or knowing your shampoo from your conditioner or whether you're reading the novel jane eyre it's just so essential and that is my passion in life and you'll see it from my chosen career down to the fact that I do chair the Braille Literacy Committee. We're starting this month some online Braille discussions. We're going to be starting up later this year. We're going to tackle the task of teaching Braille over Zoom, some Braille basics, the alphabet. We're not sure how it's going to go, but like you've heard time and time again today, we try it, it doesn't mean it's going to succeed, but we're gonna give it that good old try. And if it doesn't succeed one way, we're not gonna just say, oh, well, and throw our hands up in the air. We come at it a different way. And it is our hope to make, a even if we make a difference in the life of one person, get that one person reading that could not read. That to me is worth every minute spent learning, helping, and doing my part to watch the excitement and joy on someone's face or in their voice when they are able to read and do something that they weren't able to do. And the NFB gives me the platform to do that. I can do it in my career, but I can walk out those school doors. And I also have the opportunity to, to share my passion for learning and reading and teaching to other blind people. And I really do thank the NFB for having those options and having, giving me the ability to be able to teach others. And if you want information on Braille, if you are interested, if you know someone who might want to teach or be taught Braille, reach out anytime. We in the NFB love teaching as well as learning from everyone else. And I think that'll do it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Ms. Tracy Spittle. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for all that you offer as being a certified Braille instructor. We thank you so much. And before we 
have our last panelist reaching out to Mr. David Houck. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. David Houck. I uh, I need to explain a few things. <clears throat> this has been a hard week for me, and that uh, my cellulitis was trying to break loose again, and I had to keep my leg wrapped to keep that from happening, and I've been in a lot of pain. The um, I tried get dialing in from home, but for some reason my my phone at home would not allow me to do Star Six. So I had to come up to work in order to do Star Six. Um, anyway, I've been with the Federation since 1974, starting out in the Greenville chapter for four years. I've been the director of the center for the last 38 years. In fact, um, my 38th anniversary here will be on the uh, on April 29th. The main issue that I've over time have really taken care of is to collaborate, to coordinate, to um, take plan, uh, take care of uh, planning, implementation, and distribution with the NFB, the NFB of SC, its chapters and divisions, and the Federation Center's programs itself. With the NFB, for instance, uh, we work with the Washington Seminars and um, setting up the appointments and listening through the um, presentations that were made to Congress, making sure people had their information fact sheets, including congressmen. And then we had um, NFB conventions, and uh, we're getting involved in that all right now. And then um, RAIN training in Code of Conduct, and I know Isaiah's going to go through his today, but I'm glad to say I passed that one. And um, then other um, duties as assigned. In the past, I used to do deal heavily in the uh, dues lists and things like that for each year, but you know, this year I'm not involved with that. The NFB of SC and Rocky Bottom, I will deal with Midland Skiffs, board meetings, uh, emails and correspondence, financial matters that go to Valerie Warrington, who is the treasurer of both, and then we track various lists. For the NFB of SC, statewide and leadership seminars. We had a good leadership seminar last Saturday. Legislative breakfast, NFB of SC conventions, and all that entails. The weekly positive notes that now go out on Monday. The, the Pamela Blind um, that goes out twice a year. Next one going out about June. We work closely with uh, chapters, divisions, and, and statewide committees to help them get the information that they need and that kind of thing. Then with Rocky Bottom, we work with events like uh, we ordered uh, fall festival tickets. 
We did auction items. Um, worked with those uh, for the fall fe fall festival. Then we <coughs> we receive rental money. We receive payments, memorials, and we lately have received lots of memorials and contributions. And we pass those on to Valerie, usually noting what they are and then passing them on. And I'll usually send a correspondent. And then we pass on things dealing with DHEC uh, and stuff that the camp needs to take care of. With the Federation Center of the Blind, we receive, track, and pay financial um, matters, including payroll and taxes. SAM.gov, which is a government contracting system. PPP, Payroll Protection Plan, which we did a year ago. Secretary of State, Division of Public Charities Filings. The uh, 990s for the center. And financial reports. The board meeting, and we also do board meeting reports, which go on every other month. To, we, do our, we do our correspondence. Uh, we handle emails and uh, track and report on uh, computer training pro our computer training program. We're, work uh, we're working on establishing a medical needs training program for the blind. We've got to get it funded first. We oversee. Oh, we uh, I guess that's my tone. We oversee foundation funding requests and many many other things. And we're also working on 60th anniversary uh, for a uh, celebration for the center, which will be October 15th. If anyone needs to contact me with further information, please call me at 803-254-3777. Uh, or you can uh, email me at nfbsc at sc.rr.com. Thank you so much, Mr. David Houck. Thank you for sharing. Congratulations on your upcoming 38 years as Executive Director of the Federation Center. We thank you for being consistent, committed, and dedicated. Thank you for sharing. At this time, we will hear from our final panelist, Mr. Tom Spittle. He serves as chairperson of the Rocky Bottom Committee and also president of the Computer Science and Technology Division. So at this time, we will hear from Mr. Tom Spittle. And he will introduce our guest speaker as well. Thank you. If you took a short one hour trip north of Anderson, South Carolina, up Highway 178, you'd come into the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains north of Pickens County. And in that you'd find a small community, Rocky Bottom. This is where people have built houses um, to come up and get away from the city and to enjoy the weather, especially in the summer. Hopefully my video here is good. <laughs> I can't see what it's doing, but um, I'm at the camp and I'm going to give you a uh, panoramic view of our camp. 
I'm standing right now on the conference center deck and I'm aiming towards the fire pit, the pool and the, um, the basketball court. This camp started as a, um, as a home to Indians. This was a, a settlement of Indians back in the 1800s. In the early 1900s, the 4-H camp um, came up here and this was one of the first 4-H camps in the country. In the 1950s, a man by the name of Donald Capps, a blind man who was in charge of the leadership of the Aurora Club for the Blind, later to be known as the NFB of South Carolina, came up here and stayed across one of our creeks that border the property. And he fell in love with this place. He talked to the um, people at the Pickens County Council into letting us um, come up here and make a camp. And he has said in his own words, I don't know how we're gonna pay for it, but we will make it happen. Right now we're aiming um, down towards the putt-putt course that we have and coming across over to Osternet Cottage. So Mr. Caps in the, in the late seventies was successful. And with the help of many, many people, people that just donated, people that would come up here and work, people that would, would do both. Um, we've had a lot of cited help. We've worked with a partnership um, to build Rocky Bottom into having five buildings, four of which are residence buildings. We're passing Osternak now. I'm aiming uh, almost down the driveway and and over towards the um, Lawton Hall, which we also call the chapel. And over the last 40 years, we have built buildings. There was only um, the Lawton Hall was the only one here. Um, it didn't have anything but a roof and uh, it was open sided and just had benches. And there was a part of Osterneck that was also here. And we've then expanded and we um, have made it more modern. It's our camp style where we have a lot of kids camps um, and senior camps. We have two senior camps per year on a normal basis, one in March, I'm sorry, one in May and one in September and usually one or two children's camps. And that's gonna be the case this year. We are open for business. All right, I'm turning a little bit. We're heading, we're looking up the hill a little bit and that's where Oglesby Cottage is. And our resident manager, um, Suzanne Bryant, she does a great job at keeping this place clean and keeping us up to date as what's going on. And just past that is Ellenberg Lodge. It's a 10 bedroom house, two-story house that was built. Everything was donated. It cost the blind nothing. Um, one of our biggest benefactors was Ralph Ellenberg. He passed away a few years ago, but still stays within our hearts. I'm aiming towards up the hill towards our pond. You can't see it now because I'm below it really. And um, 
and then I'm turning and you'll see our conference center, which was built in early 90s, 91 or 92. And this has a 4,000 square foot dining hall, commercial kitchen, a library, a boardroom, several offices, and, um, and guest rooms. On the other, I'm sorry, on the other side of the building is one of our two creeks. One runs behind the conference center and the other one behind Osternet. I said all that to say this, Rocky Bottom is used for blind people to come up here and train, to come up here and meet other blind people that are going through the same kind of thing. It's a bonding place. Um, it's where chapters come up and have their getaways, usually in the summer or the fall. Um, and it's also a place that we rent out to different civic organizations, such as um, churches and other groups that can come up and rent the facilities when we're not using them as blind people. Okay. I'm going to give you our my contact information or Rocky Bottoms contact information. The phone number here is 864-878-9090. Feel free to leave a message and we will get back in touch with you. Our email address is Rocky Bottom Info, no spaces or dashes or anything, just Rocky Bottom Info at gmail.com. And I will get that. And our website is Rocky Bottom of OF SC, Rocky Bottom of SC.com. Rocky Bottom wasn't built just by blind people. And it's not maintained just by blind people. It's partnerships. And one of the biggest partners that the camp has had for a long time and continues to have is the Lions Club. And one in particular, we've had a lot of work done by the Easley Lions Club, um, some things from the Dacusville Lions Club and other Lions Clubs. We have Lions Club members on our advisory board. But the one that really stands out is the Salem Lions Club. And to speak on the impact or what the vision of the Salem Lions Club is to not only Rocky Bottom, but uh, the Anderson chapter and the blind is Ted Brewer. And uh, I'd like to thank you for all that you and the Lions do and have done. And I would also like to let all of the audience know that we are still, you know, looking for partnerships. So if you'd like to partner with us to make something great up here at Rocky Bottom, please contact me at one of those ways that I talked about. But here to talk is Ted Brewer. Thank you very much for listening and take it away, Ted. You may need to unmute Mr. Brewer.
the star six if you're on a phone. Okay, how about how about that? Did that one go through? Star six? Yes, sir. You're good. You are good. Thanks for joining okay, us. Okay, very good. I just realized there's a difference between pound six and star six. <laughs> so the sighted folks have a lot of trouble with these cell phones sometimes, I'll tell you that. Um, I have been with the Salem Lions Club now for seven years. Um, we moved up from Atlanta, my family, my wife and I live here in Salem. We, we were actually part of the Kiwi Key community. It was started in Salem, uh, the small town of Salem back in 1966. So I can't speak to the history prior to my coming here other than I know that for years they have been a big promoter of uh, visually impaired, uh, helping visually impaired folks in any way we can. and. Uh, Rocky Bottom is sort of like a special project that, that we've had. We're about 45 minutes away from Rocky Bottom, so we can get up there fairly quickly when something happens that needs some attention. And uh, we've done that uh, from time to time. Um, I'll give you a few examples of the things that, that we've been able to do. We, the budget that uh, we have set aside for Rocky Bottom. And for many years, that was sent down to the Columbia office. It was $4,000 a year when I started here. And it has continued to be that, plus extra occasionally when our board would find a special need and either solicit extra funds from other clubs in the area or statewide. And um, then we would also... Uh, if needed, uh, do some extra projects or extra purchases above that $4,000 contribution. Uh, we've done things such as purchase uh, recently refrigerator and freezer for that commercial kitchen, uh, washers and dryers about six years ago in several of the buildings that had just uh, about worn out. So we were able to, uh, through the Sears outlet here in, in Seneca, uh, make a good purchase and go up and install those units. Uh, we have uh, helped with painting in various buildings, the Ellenberg uh, Lodge. We did just about every room in that uh, a few years back, and we did the decks, uh, pressure washed and restained the decks on Ellenberg. That was one of the areas that we focused on for a couple of years. Uh, we have, uh, last year, we found a handyman who was working with Linda Bible, who was the uh, resident manager at that time, and he would go up about every once or twice a month and do odd jobs that needed doing whatever Linda needed him to do, and then he would report back to us. He would bill us directly for his time and uh, labor materials, so forth, and um, so we were paying for that handyman to go up and kind of be our uh, contact person to work with Linda and to come back and let us know if there was a project that was larger than he could manage and that we would need to hire someone else for. And uh, so we've hired various contractors, electrical, plumbers. Uh, we had part of the roof uh, 
the chimney was leaking in Osterneck, and so he went up and blocked that chimney off in a fireplace that was no longer being used. And um, so, you know, we've done a lot of hands-on things ourselves, but we're kind of aging out. Most of us are 70-plus years old now and not as able or uh, just we're better at raising money than we are uh, physical work at this point, most of us are. So we're fortunate to be in a community that's very, very supportive of the Lions Club and our projects. And uh, so we generally uh, hire the work that's being done now where we can fit it into our budget. We had a large expense uh, a few years ago, let's see, two, two years ago, I guess, the uh, the roof on the chapel was badly damaged, uh, and uh, it needed about $8,000 worth of repairs. So we went through the Lions Club's uh, district and statewide newsletter, which comes out once a month, and, and uh, explained the need and uh, asked for donations, and we got an additional $4,000 or so uh, to go with our money, and we were able to replace that roof on the chapel and do a lot of cleanup work. A uh, number of our lions went up there with a log splitter and chainsaws, and we removed uh, quite a bit of uh, where leaves, I mean, uh, trees had fallen from the ice and snowstorm that came through there. And uh, so as we are able, we are ready to serve and go up and do projects or as our budget allows uh, oversee those contractors that we call on to go do things and tom and i have discussed a few things that need immediate attention for getting the camp ready to use in june and we are planning to meet with the contractor next week to come up with a plan for repairing the uh, the deck on the back of the conference center and uh, some other projects that maybe we can get taken care of uh, before June. So that's our focus right now is to kind of help get the camp ready and uh, do what we can as we're called on. But we support you 100% and we're uh, glad to serve in any way we can. Thank you so much, Mr. Ted Brewer president of the Salem's Lions Club. We thank you for your commitment to Rocky Bottom. Thank you so much for you and your Lions. We thank you so, so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. So now it's time for our Q&A, and we would like to thank Shannon Cook for hosting our Zoom platform on today. And um, for those of you who have questions for any of our panelists, as well as our speaker, Mr. Brewer, we ask that you raise your hand, star nine, or why. And at this point, Shannon, I will turn it over to you for responding to the uh, hand raised. So if anyone have any questions at this time, if you would, please raise your hand and direct your question to your Pacific panelists. 
don't see any yet, ever. Okay. And also to unmute at star six. We're hearing none. Miss Shannon. Yeah, Shelly, go ahead. Uh, I sorry, I'm not finding raised hands, but I was going to offer another idea to individuals that are listening. Mr. Brewer spoke a lot of all the things that they physically do up at Rocky Bottom as far as the maintenance and aspects. I want to thank Mr. Brewer personally for the transportation that he has offered. We've had a couple of national senior retreats up there and the Lions Club of Salem has provided transportation for individuals across the country that flew into Greenville Spartanburg Airport. Uh, they would pick them up and take them to the camp and then return the individuals back to the airport at the end of the camp, which was a week long uh, training. And we just want to appreciate uh, him so much for the volunteerism of all those individuals. Thanks. You're very welcome. And uh, it was in addition to the Salem Lions, we were able to get volunteers from several other upstate clubs. So it was a joint effort among about half a dozen clubs to uh, get all those folks transported back and forth. But we were glad to do it and we'll be glad to do it again as needed. Uh, we appreciate that. We're still looking forward to coming up there soon. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Let us know. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Uh, do we have any other questions or concerns for any of our panelists on today? No raised hands. Okay. You said one raised hand. None. None. Mm. Okay, so we don't have any other comments. It does not Thank seem to We'd like oh, to thank no everyone participating on today. Thank you to Demetrius Williford, Chairman of the Meet the Blind Committee. Thank you for spearheading this project on today. And we thank everybody for your participation. We thank all panelists for bringing vital information our community. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, we do have one raised hand. It looks like it's Demetrius. need to unmute Demetrius. Can y'all hear me now? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was talking. So I, I, I truly appreciate each and every one of you all from the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina for participating on this call. It means so much to us. Secondly, I want to Thank the Meet the Blind Committee, because, oh, my God, without you all, I would be totally lost. 
you you mean so much to me, and I truly appreciate you all for doing that. Um, I want to thank um, Ted Brewer for coming out and speaking about how they can help with the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. This program is really awesome. We're going to improve and get better as time passes. So, uh, Ms. Canty, I'm going to... That's it. Thank you so much, uh, Demetrius. Thank you for expressing your thoughts. Thank you for your expressions of gratitude. If you would like more information about the National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina, you may contact Jennifer Baser, President, text or talk at 803-960-9977, or you may email me at jennifer.h.baser, that's B-A-Z-E-R, at gmail.com.